the 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. It is Cofield and Company, Hill and Summers Edition, Adam Hill and Willie Ramirez here from the TI. Come on down, stop by. Got a couple of t-shirts and tickets as well to give you as we get ready for a massive sports weekend here in Vegas, including the Aces on Sunday over at Michelob Ultra Arena. The Raiders kick off down in Inglewood, California. So many more. (laughs) UFC is tomorrow again. uh, That card has been reshuffled. We'll get into that a little bit later on as well. We've got concerts tonight. We've got games all throughout the weekend. It's wild. How uh, much? What's the over/under on your sleep this, this weekend? weekend? Yeah, you got the concert tonight. You got the UFC. Then you're driving to LA, and then you go right to the I'll, stadium. I mean, I'll probably get to LA around four thirty, and then go to the stadium at like nine. So by the time I check in, I mean, I'll, I'll get like three hours tomorrow, three and a half. What about tonight? Not much. I have to actually have. I'm going to uh, say the. I'm going to set the over/under on a regular night's sleep for you for the next two at eight and a half. So, so like a regular night, someone should be sleeping eight hours. Sure. Tonight and tomorrow, I'm setting the line at eight and a half. Right, but then Monday, I'll get home. I'll have the McDaniels press conference, and then I'll go to bed very early Monday. And uh, they shouldn't have practice Tuesday. So, I'll be. I'll, I'll, I'm like I've talked about this before. I'm like a sleep camel, where I'll I'll do like a 12, 13 hour night. And then just three or four, you, like, three or four how, hours. You know how people do intermittent fasting? Yeah. You do intermittent sleeping. It's great. It works, yeah. though. Because you do have you. I mean, listen, you do have to make sure you get that one long sleep out of, you know, every three, four, five days, whatever. But you can go the rest of the time without much. Sure. I'm sure it'll be reflected in my work. It'll be tremendous trying to write between writing UFC stories. Today it's been UFC football, UFC football, UFC football. Right. Back and forth. So I hope I probably have like Derek Carr fighting in the main event of UFC 279 in one of my stories. That would be awesome. Sure. And then a bunch of people showing up looking for him. At this point, he might be in the main event. Uh, we'll get into how some of those fights have changed a little a little later on, but it's football frenzy time. We can't talk about UFC. D- Dak Prescott on the injury report. I saw this earlier, and I chuckled at somebody's mistake, and then I realized it was a mistake. It was just a joke. Dak Prescott, did you see what injury has him on the injury report? Yeah, they called it a foot injury. Well, I and I well, I actually know it is because I was listening and I heard it. But so it's a, it's basically he's got a, an ankle soreness. But it's sure, because the the reasoning is fantastic. Our good friend Michael Gelkin listed Dak Prescott as questionable with a shoe issue. Shoe issue, nice. Which is the fact that Dak Prescott has a swollen, sore ankle that is bothering him. He's going to play, but he usually plays. In Jordan 1s, it sounds like, and then he practiced in 11s, and they were too tight, and they weren't, they weren't going well. It's a mess. Like, it's not the time to be experimenting with your shoes, I feel like. No, it's and it's it's a, it's a, the fact that Jordan's is getting thrown out there like that, you know, with the shoes, because it's, it's kind of ironic, because I asked Devontae Adams during one of his, if you remember, about if he could talk about his shoe game, and he said, oh, I got some things for, I'm holding off. To redu- but he, if you remember, he had some Jordan 1s during camp. And he had some new stuff that he was, because he said he's with the best company on the planet. Sure. And they'll figure it out. And I think that's what will happen with Dak Prescott. But uh, funny that we're not even, not even what, 24 hours into the season? 
mm-hmm. and we're already having silly, funny injuries. I mean, it's not funny when you're hurt, but uh, the surgically repaired ankle of Dak Prescott obviously needs you know, more care than most, and, and the shoes were too tight. And uh, he will figure that out before Sunday, I am sure. I hope, since I drafted Dak Prescott in a lot of fantasy leagues this year, uh, I believe he's going to have a very, very good season after you know bouncing back finally – we thought finally healthy. Apparently, if he gets the right shoes, he'll be healthy. Uh, but I, I do believe he'll have a good year, and uh, I think he'll be just fine to go to work on Sunday as they open the season against the Buccaneers in primetime. I don't even know if my camera's working with Ari back in the studio right now. It's uh, it's good. We're figuring it out, though. We're, we're, we're gutting this one out and uh, doing it on the fly, just like the UFC did today. Uh, as we continue... With the football frenzy, Lamar Jackson off-field news. He had set a deadline of today to get his new deal done. There's no deal done. So I saw a lot of people today on social media who don't follow closely, and I get that. Not everybody is up with the ins and outs and the uh, you know the minutia of the football world. But this is the last year on his contract. And so people are saying, my goodness, this is a team that could win the Super Bowl with a quarterback in his prime. How much is he going to get on the free agent market next year? And the answer is, he's not going to be a free agent. They do still have two franchise tag years left, and they will use them. They will not let him go to free agency. Now, could they make him a restricted free agent with the tag and allow some other team to make an offer, and then they could match it and keep him? Maybe, but I don't think they'll do that either. They'll uh, put the exclusive tag on him, and he'll have to play two more years under their control. Uh, And then the shenanigans will really begin with other teams that are going to renegotiate their quarterback contracts will wait to do so until after the franchise tag is on because if they do drop down the salary for next year, then that would drop the tag that the Ravens would have to pay. So they don't want to do the Ravens that favor. Uh, So you'll see all kinds of craziness with some of the quarterback contracts this offseason. Uh, but Lamar, who is negotiating on his own, no agent, he, uh, him and his mom handle all of his business affairs, has decided to go ahead and play this season without a contract pass this year. Definitely a risk, definitely a gamble, but my expectation is that he has a massive season. My expectation is that the Ravens are really good. Seems like a pretty good gamble to me. I would think so, too. Um, I, I mean, Lamar, I, I, I'm... I've said, especially after watching him last year in the opener here, that he is. I think he's probably he he could be the you know I mean it's the start of this season so we don't know yet but like last season what I saw come through Allegiant the best player in the NFL, um, and I think that he's going to have his payday. Um, I I don't know I mean, where are you on the on the decision to go agentless? I don't, I don't necessarily hate it, especially because, well, I mean, you see right now, and you're looking at it and saying, well, if he had an agent, he wouldn't have had to deal with it. He wouldn't have had to set a deadline. He can negotiate at the time. Uh, but you don't know that for sure. And, look, the way the quarterback market works in particular, uh, if you were a guy at this level. Now, certain players, I think, absolutely need agents. Uh, you need, you know, when you, you have to sort through a lot of offers, and you make it waived, and you're looking for a team, and your agent has connections, and he knows this team needs somebody just like you, and he can reach out and do that. Um, for a guy like Lamar Jackson, it would it's probably helpful on some level, but I'm all for a player taking it into his own hands, eliminating that part of it, 
and just saying, hey, look, I'm going to do this myself. We know what the market is. Like, quarterback deals always seem to go the same way. One quarterback signs, the next one who's up for a contract signs for a million dollars more. Like, they just go incrementally up. Now, the issue right now is the Deshaun Watson deal that has thrown the entire market off, and every contract that's been done since then, every quarterback wants all guaranteed money because Deshaun Watson got it, and every team is saying, no, that was a one-off. That's not going to happen again. We don't want to set that precedent. So that's the battle going right now. But the actual intricacies of the deal aren't really that different. It's just, okay, this one's going to go up, this one's going to go up, this one's going to go up. And it just seems like he didn't get the kind of guaranteed money he wanted, but he will at some point. As long as he continues to play the way he's been playing, he will get a fully guaranteed deal. It w- it's going to happen. Hmm. I wonder if they should have gotten, uh, if Darren Waller should have gotten Felicia Jones, that's, that's Lamar's mom, <laughs> and to represent him, or stood on his own two feet. We, you know, I thought that the deal would be done today just based on, you know, just talking to some people last week and, and, and spreading it out, distancing themselves from Clutch enough to where they can't say that they were working on the same deal and ask for a commission. Um, I thought it might be done by today. Of course, today is not over. Do you think that Darren Waller will have a deal in place by Sunday? Very possibly. I don't think it's a guarantee, and I don't think that there's any – like with Lamar, there was the timeline of we're not going to talk during the season. I, I think it's possible that, that this could continue into the season, especially – if the sides are as close as we think they are right now, we don't think there's a huge gap separating what yeah. the Rosenhaus side wants and, and Waller's side and what, what the team wants. So, um, yeah, I think it's very possible it'll be done. I, I think the the Raiders are probably already right around the level of the top tight ends, and there's probably just some logistical, you know, there's some, some more minute details of certain things you might want, maybe the guarantees that are in there uh, that still have to be worked out. But I think they're close enough that – it's probably going to happen very soon if it doesn't happen tomorrow or later today, as we said. Yeah. Or tomorrow, it, it could very well happen. Uh, you know, maybe announce it as they're as they're taking the field. It's like, hey, he's trotting out in the field. The new deal's done, and let's go. But I think it's it's close enough that we, it's going to happen within the next couple of days or weeks at the at the longest. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see how that continues to play out as well. Uh, Darren Waller trying to get his new contract. Uh, Raiders, as we said, play the Chargers. A ton of games are on the horizon uh, in the NFL. We're going to try to break down as many as we can as the show moves on. Of course, Steve Cofield coming up in a little bit from Berkeley, where he's with the UNLV football team. They're getting ready to play Cal, so we'll hear his thoughts on that matchup after UNLV opened the season with a big victory. But we want to get a player's perspective, somebody who's been in there in the locker room as a member of the Raiders, uh, somebody who gives us great insight each and every Friday on what's going on in the NFL and with the Raiders. Former cornerback Stanford Route joins us next. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Especially a defense like this. You know, great coaches, very smart, great players. They can do whatever they want to do. You know, they got so many guys that can do so many things that you just never know. I mean, last year, we played Baltimore. They just, they all out blitzed the heck out of us all the way to the last play, you know, and just sending people from everywhere, different looks, all this kind of stuff. So you never know. So you just try and get ready for everything. It's time for former Oakland Raider and NFL insider Stanford Rout on Cofield and Company. It is Cofield and Company, Hill and his homies edition. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez down here at the Treasure Island inside the Golden Circle. It's football season once again. There was NFL last night. There's NFL on Sunday, Monday. 
just about every day. And, of course, college football tonight and tomorrow as well. UNLV on the road at Cal. You can hear that game right here tomorrow. But we do want to stay in the NFL, keep our attention on the Raiders and Chargers coming up this weekend, and nobody better to talk to about that than our good friend Stanford Route, who joins us right now. How you doing, man? Fellas, fellas, man, football is back. Well, I mean, it actually was back last week or the week sure. before, you know, in college and high school. But, uh, you know, the big boys, <laughs> the NFL, the main stage is now back in front of us, and I couldn't be happier. Me neither. I'm excited. I love it. I can't wait for Sunday. Uh, <laughs> do want to get into that Raiders-Chargers game, have some really important questions for you about this game coming up. But I do want to start with last night, and I, I, I want to ask about our reactions coming out of that game because obviously Buffalo looked tremendous uh, so much hype and attention on Josh Allen and deserved he played a great game but if you if you're a defensive player on that team are you frustrated or annoyed that everyone in the world is talking about Josh Allen and that defense was so dominant and so good last night oh you talking about if I'm a defensive player for the Buffalo Bills yeah I think that once you get to this once you get to this to this stage once you get to this level of and of playing in the NFL, playing in the league, you're already very well aware that it's a quarterback-driven league, and the quarterback is going to get the lion's share of the credit. He's also going to get a lot of the blame as well if there's a loss. But just from a business standpoint, to push the sponsors, to push everything as far as the notoriety within the NFL, they have to do it with the star quarterback. So you're you're very cognizant of that once you make it to this level going through high school, college, what have you. So it's not something that's going to make you just want to throw darts at the board or something like that as far as being that angry. You understand that that comes with the territory. The quarterback is the marquee position. That's the guy who's going to be the face of the franchise. He's the one who's always at the press conference in the nicely tailored suit after the game, things like that. So as as a defensive player, you just understand that that's the territory that comes with the position that you play, or should I say the position that you don't play as far as them getting the the bulk of the credit or the FaceTime on camera. What if your wife goes on Twitter and complains about it? And uh, how do you hand, how did you handle that? Uh, if, if you're like, all right, look, stop, stop complaining that I'm not getting attention. Just uh, let us win these games. Well, for one, I'm going to ask you whose wife went on Twitter and, and, and was and was complaining about. It. That's what I'm asking first. A, a certain All Pro, or excuse me, excuse me, a certain Pro Bowl defensive back. Oh, I'm, I'm for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> sure, yes. Okay, well, I did not know that. Uh, See, it's, and it's, I mean, it's not the first it's, time. It, you know, it's one of those things that you know. You love the fact that your significant other, your wife, is having your back. She's riding for you like that. So and on the one hand, you're very appreciative and you're very like you feel indebted to have somebody that you know is like your rock, somebody that's going to ride with you all the way to the very end. So you love that. But also in the other in the other hand, you don't want that to in any way cause a distraction. You don't want that to be in any form or fashion be used as a tool to divide the team or anything like that. So like I said, for one hand, you're very appreciative. Also on the on the next, you want to make sure that that's not something that starts to all of a sudden compound week two, week three, week four, because it's little things like that that can divide a team and they can go ahead and ruin the chemistry that we've already seen Buffalo have for the past couple of years. And now having that victory last night against the reigning Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, we're seeing that Buffalo, we already knew they were a Super Bowl contender. 
and we knew that the Los Angeles Rams were a Super Bowl contender. And for them to beat down the Rams the way they did, now that's giving everybody even more encouragement to jump on this Buffalo bandwagon. So you definitely do not want to be the guy. You don't want to be the cog that actually starts this thing to go ahead and fall off the wheels before it even gets going. Stanford Route, Believe in Raiders podcast. Check that out. Follow my Twitter, SRoute26. That's two T's in route. Uh, Raiders and Chargers coming up. I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see how these teams play on Sunday. It doesn't mean it's how they're going to be all year. I think we overreact very often to week one. But I am excited to see what these two teams look like after some of the changes in the offseason and how they play. Uh, how fired up are you and how much do you think this game means in the grand scheme of things? Oh, I'm very fired up. It's the start of the NFL season, fellas. So no matter what, like I'm going to be fired up just off of that alone. As far as what this game means, I think that you got Josh McDaniels. He just came in as the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. You have to establish an identity. You have to prove to these guys in this locker room that, you know what, you are the right man for the job. Yes, you won your Super Bowls with New England and all things like that. But for the guys in this locker room, you have to earn their respect. you got to earn the fact that they are choosing to follow behind your lead because this ain't college where they can just pull your scholarship and they can operate off of fear. These players have to choose to follow you. So that's why I think it's very important that they get off to a good start this season because we all see the everybody's jumping on the Raiders bandwagon because Derek Carr is now being back teamed up with Devontae Adams, his college a roommate, his best friend, and you got Chandler Jones coming over for the Arizona Cardinals. Max Crosby now playing at, a, at an all-pro, at a Pro Bowl level, and obviously he was rewarded handsomely back in March for his efforts and things like that. So you want to make sure that you put your best foot forward in this month of September, the first month of the season, because I could very well see within this crowded AFC West, very crowded, I could very well see, you come out the gate one and three, and I think your playoff hopes are dashed to pieces. Not only that, you also don't want to lose the locker room because it's very easy as a coach coming in to a new team where you have to earn the respect of all the players for them to follow behind you. If you come out that gate, one and two, one and three, and it just seems like the team is not being competitive. It seems like the coaching is not up to par with the opposing teams that they're playing against on Sunday afternoons. It is very, very easy to quickly lose that locker room so i think it's a very big game not saying that this game is going to be whether they make the playoffs or not but just from a team morale standpoint from a mentality standpoint from a psyche yes you want to make sure that you have a good showing on sunday stanford the las vegas raiders win this game if what the Las Vegas Raiders win this game if they can protect Derek Carr and if they can hold up in the back end against Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, all those boys in the past game. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. That offensive line, that's been the question mark for all of us the entire preseason. We've seen the rotations. We've seen the number of guys that he's brought in and out, shifted, moved here, moved there. Where it's at, what you've seen, the depth chart. Is it possible that once they're playing with the ones, once they get out there in real-time situation, I mean, that this, this, this line is, is better than what we expect or that we perceive is going to be a problem for this team? 
I think it's going to come down to coaching. And when you look at all the years for Tom Brady being in New England under Bill Belichick, and obviously Josh McDaniels was there for a number of those years, I remember so many times where the New England Patriots would be going against teams that had elite pass rushers. And all of a sudden, they go to play New England up there in Foxborough, and it just seems like they forget how to rush the passer. Well, no, that's not the case. You're simply seeing the genius within a Bill Belichick of getting the ball out of Tom Brady's hands quickly, three-step drop, uh, draw plays just to go ahead and slow down that pass rush, quick game, things like that, or Max Pro if you want to have a five-step or seven-step drop where they're simply keeping the defense off balance. So to your point, to your question of what you're asking me, I think that's going to be more incumbent upon Josh McDaniels to pull from that same genius that he was there with every day firsthand with Tom Brady and a Bill Belichick. This, this offensive line, I do not think that we're going to magically see them blossom into something special on Sunday. They are what they are. That's okay. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Get the ball out of Derek Carr's hands very quickly. Max Pro, go ahead and keep the defense off balance. Keep the running back in to go ahead and chip on Khalil Mack or a Joey Bosa or people like that. you got to find different ways to keep them off balance because if you expect to just drop back five-step, seven-step drop with just five down linemen because you know you want to get Darren Waller out uh, in the field to go ahead and let him catch some balls because of how great he is. If you're going to just play it like that, those guys are going to pin their ears back. They're going to tee off on your quarterback. And I think that you're going to see a very, very ugly offensive performance for the Las Vegas Raiders if they were to employ that type of approach. Speaking to former Raiders, Stanford Route, Believe in Raiders. Check out his podcast. Stanford, you know, the one thing that I've been impressed with, two of the big names they brought in this, this offseason, you know, it's one thing you bring in these big names, these stars, but you have to bring in the right locker room guys yes. and Devonte adams and chandler jones have won their media availabilities and 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 really seem to because they have this mature approach where they they have to know what they're capable of and that in a sense a lot of it a lot of it is about them but they're not they're doing everything they can to not make it about them they understand the concept of team aspect how important is that with this being such an inaugural season with this new coaching staff in that you have this veteranism and star power. But, hey, man, we're just here to be a part of the team. Yeah, I think it's paramount. Anytime you walk somebody into a locker room when they're instantly either A, the highest paid guy on the team or one of the highest paid guys on the team, everybody's going to go ahead and they're going to take notice. So if that guy does not play up to the same level that he was playing before he got to that new team that he's on, where he received that handsome payday, it is something that other players will take note of. And it's something that other guys will start to look at and they won't believe in a certain guy or they'll start to be off a certain guy if he comes in with that Hollywood type of mindset or that Hollywood type of approach and it does not match his production on the football field. That's the main component. And so most guys around this league, they understand, hey, the big name guys, they move a little different. They dress a little different. They travel a little different. And everybody understands that. So as long as the production matches whatever approach that they're bringing in off the field, whether it's in the, uh, the, pr the press conferences, whether it's how they conduct themselves in meetings, whether it's in the locker room, things like that, guys are a little bit more understanding if they know that you're going to bring it on Sunday. So for Chandler Jones, for Devontae Adams, I don't think we're going to have any problems with that because they're both – a, a supreme marquee professionals as far as off the field and the way that they conduct themselves. But to your question, 
that is something that a lot of players they look at whenever you bring somebody in to the fold right from another team and they're instantly one of the higher paid guys on the team yes you're going to have all eyes on you but as long as you produce on sundays it won't really amount to anything else as far as anybody else is concerned Stanford, the last time we saw these two teams play, it was one of the wildest games of the 2021 season. Yes. Uh, now the Chargers and Raiders open at SoFi. What is the final score? Oh, man. Uh, I can definitely tell you this. I do not think that the final score is going to be under 30. I can tell you that much just because I think we're going to have another high shooting affair. J.C. Jackson, it, uh, it, I believe it's still going to be a game-time decision. So I think that uh, if he's not able to play, who's going to be able to go ahead and actually travel with and actually cover Devontae Adams. So I look for the Raiders to have a good showing. And because I'm a homer, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go away from what my gut is telling me. I know that I'm on ESPN Las Vegas. I know that this is Raider Nation, all, obviously all of that. But I would go ahead and say 34-30 Raiders. There you go. Great stuff. As always, where can people check you out? Oh, man, people can check me out. Believe in Raiders podcast. You can go ahead and pick that up on Instagram. You can pick that up on YouTube. You can go ahead and just download it from the Bleed Podcast Network. And then also I have my own uh, All Facts No Cap. You can find me on Instagram, SRoute. That's two Ts, SRoute26, or also my YouTube page. It's a good follow. Check them out. Thanks, as always, sir. Enjoy the games this weekend. You guys be good, man. Y'all be safe. Talk to you next week. There we go. We'll come back, continue the conversation. Prediction time here on Cofield and Company. Today's Cofield and Company is presented by Ellis Island Casino, home of 3-2 Blackjack, craps 10 times odds, and $5 games. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. It is Cofield and Company, Hill and his homies edition here at the Golden Circle. Come on down, check it out. TV's everywhere for all these sporting events that we've been talking about. It's a great place, certainly, to watch football on Sunday. Tomorrow, when you're here in the morning with some weirdo from Comp. Gooch, I think his name is. You'll be here hanging out with the people watching games. And I call him remote. Ryan Reeves and Keegan Colasar as well making appearances. Big. Might hear from... Somebody around the Golden Knights in about 15 minutes as well here on the show. Ashley Vice should join us. Talk about rookie camp and the start to the season coming up just around the corner. Uh, but it is football season, as we talked about. Let's get into some predictions for what is going to happen this year. Let's go division by division. We might get to some now, maybe save some for later on in the show. But The boys gave theirs out yesterday, by the way. Oh, uh, JVT and Steve? Yeah. So now it's, our, now it's just our turn? Right. And we, we won't go through all of theirs, but I will tell you that. So, JVT's got the Colts, Colts and the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Well, Colts are his team. And Col- Oh, great. Cofield, he's got Ravens and the Niners. JVT's got the Colts winning it. But he had Ravens-Niners? Colfield's got the Ravens winning it. I think Ravens-Niners was my Super Bowl that I picked in the paper. That's not good. A rematch. Well, oh, no, I think 2012? It was, Ra- it was Ravens-Eagles. It was 2012? I think it was Ravens-Eagles, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yes, that'd be that'd be fun. You're, you're gonna be the, the, you're just gonna be appalled the, in my pitch. The night the lights went out. Yeah, uh, you, you and I did ours last year, and I think as we got toward the end, we were the closest. I can't remember what yours two were, but I think you were pretty dang close. I know I had the Chiefs and the Rams. 
but I can't remember who yours to who. I don't think anybody had the Bengals, but you might have had the Rams as well with somebody else from the from the AFC. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember what happened yesterday. at the beginning of the show. Well, yeah, I barely remember last yeah. night when, when we took the boys downtown. But anyway, go ahead. Went downtown and then came outside and saw a like a dust fog form over oh the city. God. That was weird. I was driving home. There were no lights on the freeway. Yeah, I was driving down the 15. I couldn't see the strip. <laughs> it's, it's like 10 feet away. It's yeah. nuts. Uh, it made following Twitter it's, tough. It's very bright as well. It did. It was, it was, it was tough to read Twitter as I drove. Uh, <laughs> AFC East, we saw the Bills start last night. Obviously a big favorite in the AFC East. Are you going any anywhere else? No. Okay, we don't really have to talk about it. I, I, the only the only big thing for me is I got Patriots third. I think the Dolphins are going to take second. Yeah, who doesn't? Oh, that's, that's what the odds are. I, oh. I think that's right. All right, good. Uh, be surprised if we had like the Jets second, but nobody does. Uh, AFC North. I just indicated that the Ravens are my Super Bowl champion, so obviously I'm going Ravens in the AFC North. I have the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, MVP, Ravens, Super Bowl champions. I'll give that away already. I thought you had Derek Carr as your MVP. No. Oh. It'll be good. I think it'll have a very good year. Uh, but no. It wouldn't be surprising either. I mean, I'm not completely dismissing it. I, I think with all the weapons he has around him, and if he was to take him deep into the playoffs, I think this would be a year that he would be very strongly considered, and, and rightfully so. Well, playoffs have nothing to do with the. No, they do. You think they weigh in a little bit? <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, AFC South seems to be a one-team race as well. I have the Colts. I'm going with the Titans. Okay. Well, I guess it's not a one-team race. <laughs> uh, so there's some disagreement I there. don't. I don't feel comfortable that Cofield's got the Titans, but. Well, you guys are teaming up on this one. It's good. Who did, uh, who did JVT have? The Colts. <laughs> the boys. Exactly. AFC West, it's possible all four teams could make the playoffs. I, I don't think it's likely because they'd beat each other up and maybe affect the record, but uh, I think all four teams are more than capable of making it. I have gone back and forth and thought about this very, very much. Oh, boy. But I do have the Chargers winning the division. I have the Chargers winning the division. Yesterday's contingent of Cofield and Company do not have the Chargers. Chiefs? Cofield's got the Chiefs. JVT's got the Raiders. Wow. I, I don't think it, like... I do think the Raiders have the best value of any team in the league of winning the division. They are the biggest long shot in the AFC yeah. West. They're like seven to one. I right. think they're down to probably six, six fifty, but um, you can get almost seven to one on them to win the division. Uh, I think that's insane because I think any of these four teams could win it. I think any of the four teams could certainly be in the playoffs. So I think the Raiders have a ton of value. I think the reason the why there's pure value is because it's quite possible that they, you know everybody's going to be beating one another up. So it's no clear-cut. The Chargers might be the clear-cut favorite on paper, but they got to run through everybody, and everybody's going to beat each other up. So, you know, I. but there's also these tough schedules that these teams have to endure. But I have the Chargers winning the AFC West. It'll be, I think it'll be a great race for sure. Okay, well. uh, Wait, what are you saying? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, NFC East. NFC East. Going with my boys. Philadelphia Eagles will win the NFC East. I'm very confident in that. Makes me feel good about my pokes. Dallas Cowboys. You're going to get the right shoes on your quarterback? Sure. Okay. I'm glad we got it it out of the way now instead of, you know, 
I actually think Dak Prescott has a big, big year. Um, have some concerns about the defense, actually. Uh, they are they love forcing turnovers and scoring, but they do give up a lot of big plays as well. Uh, and I, I just I really like some of the Eagles' additions. Uh, I think it's actually funny uh, to some degree. You know, I did so many fantasy drafts. Nobody's picking the Eagles' defense anywhere. And I think they, they added playmakers. I like a lot of what they did uh, for, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, obviously bringing in a, a big weapon for Jalen Hurts. They're building a team the way you're supposed to build a team with a rookie quarterback, or excuse me, a rookie contract quarterback. And uh, they're really adding around them, just like the Chargers did in the AFC West. It's such a benefit, and I think they're taking advantage of it right now by adding weapons around them. So I like the Eagles there. Uh, we can get into some of the wild cards and stuff later. But uh, NFC North, oof, I wanted to pick the Lions. I bet the Lions. I just don't think it happens. Our favorite coach. The Packers win the division. I got the Vikings. Wow, okay. I'm going with the Vikings. All right. I mean, I think everybody can agree the Bears are last. Uh, but as for the rest of the division, see how it shapes up. I, I do think the Packers overcome a lot of their turmoil, though, and questions. And I think they are the team there in the north. NFC South. Are you going anywhere but Tampa Bay? No. I, I tossed around, can the Saints pull it off? But, I, you know, here's the thing. And I'm not going to put an if or an asterisk, but... I'm really up in the air, and I don't want this to happen because a lot of times when people say this, it's like then you all of a sudden it sounds like you're rooting for this to happen so you could be right, and I'm not. But I have to wonder if Tom Brady even finishes this season and succumbs to, you know, families first. I mean, it's one thing where you put your career ahead of you, but he's had his career. I don't think anybody would – I don't think there's one person that would, like, blame him if he said, you know what, uh, I just have to step away for my mental health, for my family, for this. I have to wonder if he's going to finish this season. I really do. With everything that's come to surface. Yeah. I, I mean, I actually, I mean, I love the Saints because I love Jameis, but I actually kind of kicked around the idea of the Panthers winning the division. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that would be uh, that'd be quite a story, and I think that they have some of the, some of the pieces in place. I think it would be really funny, especially uh, with how close it seemed that they came to maybe getting rid of of uh, Matt Rule before the season and, and played the quarterback shuffle game. Uh, that would be an intriguing storyline for sure. I just don't think I could pull the trigger on them winning it. What about the NFC West? The Rams. Hmm. I mean, I, look, this has nothing to do with last night. Uh, I made my picks before in the newspaper. Uh, I, I like the 49ers before. I like them now. I think the, the Rams – Showed a lot of what I, th- I was worried about with the Rams. Uh, they, they kind of sold themselves out, went all in for a Super Bowl title. And then now that you get it, you know, it's not the same kind of drive, not the same chip on your shoulder. Maybe they'll get it by losing a couple games. Sounds like McVay was very upset in the locker room yesterday. See if they respond to that. But uh, I had some questions coming into the year, and they did not get answered at all in a positive way last night. So I'm still going with the 49ers. I like that they have the insurance policy of Garoppolo still around, but I do believe that Trey Lance will be a uh, a playmaker in that offense and add another level that they may not have had before okay. in the West. We'll get into some of the wild card picks, some of the playoff, how they could go uh, later on in the program. Uh, doing, let's see, am I doing uh, which one am I doing, Ari? 
<laughs> All right, wait. Well, no, we uh, no, we got it right here. Right, go ahead. What do you got? Oh, man, come on. We got the winner gets a six-foot classic sub from Porta Subs, qualifies to win a new Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars. Right? So, sure. Six-foot party sub, spectacular six-foot sub, is both an attention getter and crowd pleaser. You select up to three different types of classic subs from 18 varieties. We're going to go with caller number seven. Caller seven, you get that. Six-foot classic sub from Porta Subs and qualified to win the new Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars. Drawing at the end of each month. Get on the phone. Caller 7 to Ari. You'll get that. We'll come back. Ashley Vice, Golden Knights. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. We're going to watch and see how it unfolds. We like Laurent Bersois. I thought he played a lot of really good goal for us last year. I think that uh, Logan Thompson is a really talented goaltender, a guy that we're uh, excited about. And I think Aiden Hill, um, we like Aiden Hill. And, you know, that'll be a really interesting uh, position to monitor for our staff. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. That is the voice of Kelly McCrimmon. We've been talking a lot about football, a lot about the WNBA. Finals coming up this weekend. UFC, we'll still get to what happened with that card reshuffling coming up. So many sports going on. It's easy to forget, but hockey is right around the corner. It's back as well. Rookies are coming up in just a couple of days, and we'll see uh, some of the young guys in action. And then training camp and the season right around the corner. We can't wait. We're excited and always, we like to talk to Ashley Weiss to get a sense of what is going on with the Golden Knights. First of all, Ashley, oh I guess, first of all, how are you? I'm good, guys. It's been a while. It has. And that, that's where I was going to start. Like, it's a longer summer than the Golden Knights are used to, but it still yeah. doesn't, it doesn't seem like that long of a summer. It, you know, it definitely felt long for the Golden Knights. I can assure you that, especially from what they're used to. But, yeah, I feel like for us especially, it's that feeling like when you first go back to school and you walk through the doors for the first time, it kind of feels like you just left. Uh, but definitely excited to get going. I know you said don't forget that hockey is around the corner. I certainly haven't forgotten. Things are definitely uh, picking up the pace at this point. And it's, you know, we're on vacation mode. I'm a little salty with you, Ash, because, oh boy, you know, there are some times when I'm bored at home and, 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 I, and I throw my mental health messages up on my Instagram story. You are avid. You are one of my avid viewers on my story. You don't post enough on Instagram. And I tend to wonder when I see I was like, hey, man, I wonder how Ashley's doing. And I guess I could text you. But, like, there's no stories. There's, there's, there's barely any posts. It's like, you know, I, I get to miss you. I'm like, you know, what's going on with Ash? Yeah, you know, well, first of all, reach out anytime for sure. But also, that was one of the biggest complaints last season, my first season with the Golden Knights from fans on Twitter was, why doesn't this girl ever tweet anything? Why doesn't she ever say anything? I'm so bad at it. I said it was my New Year's resolution to post more, and I think it's like most New Year's resolutions that didn't last very long. But this season, maybe you convinced me it's time, it's time to make the change. So right. if anyone has any suggestions? Give you know, me a follow, hit me up, tell me what you want to see. But, no, I appreciate all of your posts, though. Super important stuff that you uh, that you post, especially regarding mental health. And I'm glad you see that I'm viewing it. It must be right up there on the top. 
I'm your, going to, of your viewers with. <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to just start every time I see you. I'm just going to add something. I'm going to add like out at the practice or the game, gearing up for this, gearing up that, and I'm just going to throw you on the story, and then you'll get a notification. It'll remind you yep. to post on your story. There you go. Hey, some accountability. That's all we need. The athletes need it. But sometimes us reporters need it too. You know. For for sure. Well, it's. I know the Golden Knights did not. They didn't enjoy how last year ended. Nobody did. None of the fans did. Everybody has a bitter taste in their mouth. But how quickly do you sense that page got turned from this sucks, we hate this, to stop worrying about that, let's focus on what's ahead? You know, I can't attest to how quickly it was turned, but I definitely think it will be turned the moment that they walk in the door uh, for training camp. I think everyone processes those things a little bit differently. Like I think a guy like Jonathan Marcheseau, who always seems to have a chip on his shoulder and wants to prove something and you know, as, as competitive as they come, I think for a guy like him, that probably lingers a little bit longer. You know, a guy like Alex Petrangelo, I'm pretty sure this is only the second time he's missed the playoffs, and the first time was back in 2017-18 with St. Louis, and they came back and won the Cup the next year. So a guy like him, he can probably turn that page pretty quickly, you know, and say, you know, that's done, we can't, you know, we can't, you know, we just got to get back to it. Um, you know, the guys, a lot of them have been working out. One thing about Vegas is that guys do come back early and skate with each other earlier than in a lot of other cities um, because who doesn't want to come back to Vegas anyways, right? They all love it here. That's one of the big pulls for this organization is that people genuinely want to come to this city and want to play for this team. So um, it's hard to say for sure. I know Gary Lawless talked to Mark Stone a couple days ago. There's a really cool piece about that on VegasGoldenKnights.com. Uh, but apparently Mark Stone spent the summer in Canada, and people were coming up to him constantly saying, you know, I think Vegas is going to be bad. Like, what's going on? Why, like, you guys are going to be bad again? So he's had to hear about it constantly. I'm sure he's not the only one. Um, and he made a nice comment to Gary that, you know, I don't really give a – you know what what people are saying we have something to come in we have something to prove so i think it varies person to person but i definitely think that they're ready to prove something now yeah the word was darn i don't give a darn i think that's what he said exactly uh for for sure well uh i think one of the one of the things from last year is you know jack eichel came back fairly quickly from was a pretty serious operation and and a procedure that was done that was you know pretty controversial and he he you know got in the lineup and People got familiar with him, but I, I think people overlooked the fact that he was still trying to work his way back. Like, we didn't see a full Jack Eichel, even though he showed a lot of that talent that he has. How important do you think him being at full strength and and him being able to contribute the way that he wants to, how big will that be for this team? Oh, I think it's going to be major, and something else you have to consider, not only was he coming off a major surgery, and honestly came back from it pretty quickly without a lot of extra rehab and training time. He pretty much did exactly what he needed to do, didn't give himself any extra rest. But something you also have to take into account is that he didn't play for almost a year before that surgery even happened. And, you know, you hear when a player misses 20 games that it might take him a couple games to get acclimated. Um, So I think that's definitely going to be a big part of what's going to help this team be more successful this year. And he came back after that surgery with something to prove, and I think that he has that attitude even more at this point because now you have all of the you know toxic Buffalo fans on Twitter, and all they want to talk about is how he's this terrible locker room guy. He's not happy that Vegas missed the playoffs for the first time with him there. No one wants to feed into that narrative, right? So I think having him healthy is going to be huge. I think that 
we saw a lot of glimpses of what he can do. He actually, um, despite coming off the surgery, he, he shot a lot. He became a shoot-first guy um, a lot quicker than I think some people expected him to and definitely started to build some chemistry with teammates as well. Uh, so I think that's going to be a big piece for sure. Rookie camp just around the corner. We saw the roster announced. The games will be up in San Jose, 16th and 19th, for the rookie face-off tournament. Uh, what can we check out from you guys over with the Golden Knights and all the content that you guys produce all the time? Yeah, so um, we'll, of course, be any media availabilities, anything like that we'll be putting out. Uh, keep it locked on the Vegas Golden Knights Twitter. Uh, Brian McCormack uh, will be calling the games as well. Um, they'll be in San they Start skating. Is it next Thursday? I should probably have this right in my head. It's the, uh, it's the 15th and 16th, I believe. Uh, they'll yep. skate here before they head to San Jose for the tournament. And it's a really big uh, opportunity for these young players, especially considering there had not been an in-person development camp in a few years up until this past July when they came in. And this is really their opportunity to implement the things that a lot of them learned and a lot of the input that they got from the coaching staff in a competitive environment. And with it being a new coaching staff this year, Bruce Cassidy and his staff will be in San Jose for at least some of the tournament. So it's really a good opportunity for them to get eyes on those guys as well. And a lot more great content from Ashley Vice up on social media. Thank you so much. As always, follow her at Ashley Vice, A-S-H-A-L-I. Don't forget. Thanks. Yeah, don't forget it. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you again soon. Great stuff from Ashley, as always. We'll come back. Big five from the Golden Circle at TI.